Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. We are so glad you joined us today. This podcast features messages, interviews, and discussions from Radiant Church located in Seneca, South Carolina. For more information about Radiant, visit RadiantChurchSC.com. Here's today's episode. Welcome to Radiant Church. My name is Andrew. I'm lead pastor. We're so glad you could join us today from wherever you're watching and listening from. If it's your first time joining us, hey, go to RadiantChurchSC.com and click on new. If you fill out that short form online for us as a way of saying thanks, we're going to donate $5 to one of the nonprofits that's listed. Well, I've been looking forward to starting this series with you for a few months now, and it's called I Want to Believe in God, But... Now, I don't really know how many people you interact with who aren't believers yet. Maybe you're not one yourself watching or listening here today. But over the years, I've had several relationships with folks who aren't Christians, and many of them have said something very similar to that phrase. You know, I want to believe in God, but, you know, or I'd like to believe in God, or I wish I could say I believe in God, or I, you know, but, and they kind of have that, that, that but right there at the end explains why they don't. Every study out there, is going to tell you that people are walking away from the church or they're no longer sure if God exists, you know? And what's happening is a lot of folks conclude that our world's getting less spiritual, but I I could be in the minority on this, but I really believe that's actually not true. So I think demographic labels are shifting. That's very true, but I don't believe we're getting less spiritual in our culture. I actually think the opposite, that we're becoming more spiritual. Now I want you to think about what's popular in our culture right now. Think about all the Marvel and DC films, the resurgence of Star Wars, um, the popularity of numerous supernatural movies and television shows, they all point to a very deeply spiritual society and culture. But we're very spiritual in just the wrong things. So you have numerous folks who want to believe in God, right? Who would like to believe in God, but they can't break through a few hurdles which are keeping them, you know, from going that far in their spiritual beliefs. And it might be they had a bad experience in church growing up. Or it could be a crisis of faith moment that just kind of threw them off track. Whatever it was, it's gotten into a place where they're placing their spiritual focus somewhere else. I want to believe in God, but I I just can't, right? And I would argue those people, maybe even you, if you fall into that category here today, you're not rejecting God. You know, they're actually rejecting an incorrect, distorted view of who God is. So let me tell you where we're going to be going here during the next, you know, three weeks. We're, we're going to unpack the idea uh, of who is God by teaching you who God is it? <laughs> so, for example, you got a lot of folks out there that say, I, I want to believe in God, but I just, I don't feel Him. I mean, I've read the Bible, I pray, I go to church sometimes, but I, I don't feel anything. I don't see anything. I don't hear anything. How can you believe in a God that you can't see, hear, or feel? I get that. That's a real issue for a lot of folks. And we're going to cover that in, in, in a message we're going to call the Goosebumps God later on in this series. What about this one? I, I want to believe in God, but have you seen what's happening in our world? Like, have you seen all the horrible things that are occurring and the innocent people that are dying and the kids that are going hungry and the greed and the anger and the violence? Like, how can God not care? 
And we're going to talk about that too uh, in something we're going to call the heartless God in that teaching. There are uh, a, a lot of things we're going to cover here in the next couple of weeks. But today what I want to do is I, I just want to focus on a very commonly distorted view of God, which leaves people incredibly frustrated, disappointed, and even empty. But before I go there, let's just have a little fun for a moment. All right. Are you, you down for fun? I think fun in church is great. We should have fun. How many of you guys remember what life was like before the internet? <laughs> so here's the thing. I'm on the front end of the millennial generation. I was born in the 80s and grew up in the 90s. So I remember what life was like before we had AOL. I remember the, the bricks that were cell phones, the bags that contained the car phone, right? I remember when we first got cable and how really cool it was to have the Disney Channel if your parents would pay for it. Disney wasn't free back then. Uh, one of the first TVs I remember having as a kid, it might have been 24 inches maybe, uh, and it was a little box that had two knobs. The VHF and UHF. Who remembers those right there? I know, it's crazy. There was a time where you had to stay in front of the TV just to watch your shows. So if you watched Full House or Dr. Quinn, that's what my family did on, on Saturday nights, or Baywatch, if you were more adventurous, <laughs> you had to sit and watch the show in front of the TV, and you had to watch through the commercials. So a couple years ago, we were at my father-in-law's home, and, and my oldest son, he, he just turned four at the time, and and uh, it was later at night, he wanted to watch one of his Disney Junior shows. And I'll never forget what he said uh, when the first commercial hit. He looked at me and said, Dad, what, what are you doing? Like, what, what is this? Can just, just move this thing out of the way. <laughs> he didn't know what, that the show was on pause for a commercial. He'd never seen commercials before because we've been streaming since before streaming was like the hipster cool thing to do. So he had no idea what commercials were. And he was upset to learn you can't just fast forward through them when they're on cable, you know? We watch everything on demand now. We've been shows and movies on everything from Netflix to Disney Plus to Hulu and Amazon. And if you want it, you got it. And there's no waiting because you can skip commercials in most cases, or if there are commercials, they're like 10 seconds long. Even, even on YouTube, you can skip them after five seconds, right? I mean, it's like we live in this on-demand generation. Everything's on demand. And we already mentioned streaming, but, but music and food and Amazon products and apps, like everything is on demand. So it shouldn't surprise us that we often treat God in the same manner, don't we? We, we want to serve an on-demand God. I, I want to believe in God, but I, I prayed and I prayed and God didn't answer me. He didn't do it, and so I don't believe. You know, I mean, if he's really God, we, 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 he should have done what I asked him to do, right? I mean, like, our on-demand God is really great until he doesn't do what we ask him to do on demand. So maybe that's your story right now. Maybe you've been praying for God to save your parents' marriage or even your own marriage, and it didn't happen. Maybe you're giving and giving and giving and giving, and you're always putting people ahead of yourself. You know, you're like a regular old George Bailey, right? You're struggling in this life, and you just want to know, why hasn't God done for you what you've done for others? That always seems fair, right? Maybe you've prayed and prayed for someone to get healed, but it didn't happen. And so why didn't God, why didn't he heal that person? You know, why, why didn't he do it right then and there? Maybe you're trying to have kids and you just can't get pregnant. And everybody else around you is getting pregnant, but you can't do it. And you just want to know, why is God not taking care of this issue right here and right now? I've been praying for a long time for it. So often, you know, when God doesn't do what we think he should do, what we know we can do, we get frustrated and we decide either God isn't real 
he isn't powerful, he isn't good, or he just simply doesn't care. And the truth is, the on-demand God doesn't exist. The on-demand God is not real. What we fail to realize is that when we're struggling with, with God not acting right away how we want, is that in the grand story of God's creation and eternity, God exists, but He does not exist to serve us. Let me say it again, like God does not exist to serve us, we exist to serve God. God doesn't exist to do what we want, how we want, whatever we want. He might answer your prayer, but God's highest calling isn't to do what we think He should do. God doesn't exist to serve us, we exist to serve Him. So what that means is God isn't our celestial sugar daddy, right? Like he's, he's not a cosmic genie, phenomenal cosmic powers for all your Aladdin fans, who gives you three wishes. Like he, he's the creator and we're the created. He's the potter and we're the clay. He's the Lord of all and we're his servants. We have to understand the on-demand God doesn't exist. He doesn't exist to serve us. We exist to serve him. So naturally the question now would be, what is God's role and who is he? And in this teaching series, my hope is that you're going to get to know who God is by recognizing who He's not. People aren't rejecting God so much as they're rejecting an, an accurate, incorrect, and distorted view of who God is. And one of those is the on-demand God who doesn't exist. So over the next few minutes, I want to give you three qualities about the heart of God. If God isn't an on-demand God, who is He? Well, first, I want you to know that God is loving. God is loving. And not just loving, but God is always loving. You know, how can God always be loving? Well, if you're a parent, I can tell you right now, there's two things I know about you right away. Number one, there's never a time where you don't love your kids, right? You always love your kids. You know, sometimes you don't like them. Sometimes you wish you could trade them for the kids down the street. <laughs> sometimes you might want to knock them into next week. But there's never a time where you're not loving your kids. You always love your kids. Two, there are times you don't do what they want you to do, even though you have the power to do it. So you love them, but sometimes, you know, you gotta, they're on their own. So if you've told them that you're going to help them with their schoolwork before dinner, and you've said it multiple times, and they come to you at 10 o'clock at night, and you're like, yo, can you help me out? What are you going to say? Nope, <laughs> that window is closed, kiddo, like you're on your own. It's not because you don't love your kids. Of course you love your kids, right? But you can't always do what they want you to do. Sometimes you have to develop something in them rather than them having something be done for them. So you love them, but you don't always do what they want you to precisely because you want to develop something within them. And I think God acts the same manner. We have to understand that sometimes, you know, God, what he does is he doesn't do what we ask him to do, even though he could do it, even if we believe he should do it. And it doesn't mean that he doesn't love us when he chooses not to do those things. He always has our best interests at heart. Look at this, Romans chapter 8, verse number 35. Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or we're persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Whew, it's a lot there. Think for a moment how this verse could sound maybe, maybe in our world today. Think of it like this. Can financial trouble separate you from Christ's love? Can relationship breakdowns do it? Can divorce do that? Can unemployment? Can COVID-19 do it, right? Can depression? Look at verse 37. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ to what? Who loved us. God's heart is always loving. 
He doesn't prove his love when he answers our prayers. He proved his love when he sent Jesus to die for our sins. Romans 5.8 tells us this, But God showed his great love for us by what? By sending Christ to die for us, and I love this next part, while we were still sinners. So God proved his love by sending Jesus, and has given us victory through Christ. And it's not through our own power, it's through Christ that we have that victory. And I love how verse 38 puts it right here. Look at Romans 8, 38. I am convinced nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. God God's heart is always loving, and he doesn't prove his love again by answering every prayer. He proves it by sending Jesus. Now, here's the second quality I want you to know today, that God's ways are higher. God's ways are higher. What does that mean to say God's ways are higher? Well, one of the things about being a pastor is you generally get difficult life questions thrown your way. You know, like, why did this happen to me? Can you explain why God would allow that? And there are many times I simply don't understand. So rather than fake it and be super spiritual, I'm just really honest. And I say, I don't know. I, I think it's dangerous to try to explain what God's doing or thinking when you're not very sure. So why did God allow a, a baby, you know, 34 weeks, right, to suddenly die in the womb and be a stillborn? How, how come the really good guy, the guy everyone loves in the community, who's super generous and caring, how come, how come he's killed in the car accident, right, but the drunk driver who caused it walks away? I, I don't know. I don't understand that. I wouldn't really try to even attempt to describe it. Because what I do instead... And I take the position that Isaiah does. Look at Isaiah chapter 55 for me real quick. Isaiah 55, verse number 8, the Lord says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, and my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. When we say that God's ways are higher, we're saying God is wiser. He's already in tomorrow while I'm still halfway through today. He's sovereign, meaning he's in complete control of everything. Well, I'm just hoping to control the dog, right? He's got the end in mind, and I can really only see what's just over the hill. His knowledge goes beyond my limited understanding. I don't have his character. I don't have his heart. I don't have his nature. I don't have his goodness. So his ways are higher, and they're different. Most of the time, you won't even recognize that in the moment. But later, usually, you can look back and you can say, all right, I get it. I can see why God did this and he allowed that and why he brought me through here and there, and I got it. Years ago, Shane and I, we were youth pastors in Nashville. This is before Nashville became the magnet that it is today with all the out-of-staters. It's just it's booming like crazy today, but it, it wasn't quite the same length back then. And so we'd save for a home, and after two years of renting, we wanted to purchase our very first home. And if you've ever bought a home, you know how stressful that entire experience can be, how much emotion goes into it, and finances, and it's, 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 it's a lot. 
And so we found a home we liked and we drew up the offer and we had it submitted. And a few days later, Shana calls me while I'm driving on the road and she tells me the offer was rejected in favor of another competing offer. And I remember being really down. Like I wanted the home. I, I wanted my money to go into an asset. I did not want to rent, you know? I wanted a place for family to visit and for friends to hang out and ministry to take place. And I'll never forget what she said. She said on the other side of the line, she said, you know, I think it's a God thing. <laughs> I remember like, I ain't falling for that. Get behind me, Satan, type kind of thing. There's no, no, that is not, this is not a God thing. But apparently she was right. Because through a series of God-ordained circumstances, we found ourselves back in South Carolina in the Charleston area as campus pastors the very next year. And if we had bought that house, we would have had to sell it. We would have been selling it at a loss because we would have been in the house for less than a year. And we wouldn't have had the money and be in the position to buy our very first home that we stayed in for about six years in the low country. Some of you, you're going through something right now that's it's just stressing you out, right? And maybe it's even bringing some pain to you and, and you just, you, you hate it. You don't understand it. Everything's kind of lined up. Things were going to be okay. Now all of a sudden they're not. And, but whatever it is, I just want you to know that God's ways are higher. That His thoughts aren't your thoughts. You know, they're higher than that. This on-demand God doesn't exist. He doesn't do what we want Him to do all the time. He doesn't exist to serve us. We exist to serve Him. His ways are loving. His ways are higher. And here's the third quality I want you to know today. God's presence is enough. Maybe you're not a follower of Christ yet. Maybe you're, you're new in the faith. I just want you to know that if you want to go beyond complacent Christianity, if you want to really pursue the goodness and power of God and up your game spiritually, you will have multiple moments in your life where you are tested to the breaking point. And in those moments, you're going to get to know God's character. You're going to get to know God's nature in such a way that, man, He's going to be your rock and assurance. And His presence will be enough for you. You won't worry about what happens next because you know that He'll never leave you. He wants what's best for you. He's got you. One of the most notable people in the Old Testament is a man named David. He was one of Israel's greatest kings. He ascends to the throne many years after killing the giant Goliath. And David was not just a skilled warrior. He was also a prolific songwriter and musician. He wrote a lot of poetic songs called Psalms in the scripture. And uh, if, if you've read some of these songs, okay, uh, they're, they're not all kind of like lovey-dovey. <laughs> he gets raw and he gets real. He calls out God, you know, uh, for, for all kinds of help. And he wants protection. While at the same time, he's looking at the, his, his enemies, man. He's like, God, kill them all. Just, just destroy them. Kill every one of them. Like, that's, that's, in the very next verse, he'll go back and be like, oh, God, you're so great. You're so loving. It's like, this is, David is just, it's a roller coaster of emotion, okay? But, but that's how we all feel at times, right? Like, we all feel that way. That's one of the reasons why I love it so much, because it's real. And so David has multiple moments where he just cries out to God, hey, why are you doing this? Why are you allowing this in my life? My enemies are everywhere. This doesn't seem fair. I've done all kinds of things right for you, God. Like, what the heck, man? Like, what's going on? And one of those famous poetic songs is Psalm 23. And it happens to also be one of the greatest scriptures in, in, in the Bible. And listen to what he says about walking through difficult moments. Psalm 23, 4, he, put, he, he wrote this. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you're close beside me. You know, no matter the difficulty thrown David's way, 
No matter how hopeless or dark the valley might have seemed, no matter how much he doesn't understand, David doesn't give in to fear. He doesn't give in to despair because God is with him. God's presence is enough. But I don't know what to do when I feel overwhelmed, when I feel afraid, when I have anxiety, when I'm angry, when I feel helpless, I run to God's presence. I find somewhere I can go. Maybe I can get in the car and drive, whatever. I, just, I, I, I pour everything I have out to God. And in those moments, whether I can feel God or not, I know that He hears me. And I'm reminded how He cares for me. And I'm reminded how He has a plan and how He's in control. And it's in God's presence where I find enough. God is the one who created us with a purpose to draw us to Himself. We exist to serve Him. When something doesn't go as planned, we trust He's comforting us and changing us and drawing us closer to Him in the process. We all understand why God isn't acting. Remember, we don't serve an on-demand God. We reject that view of God because that's not the kind of God we serve. That God doesn't exist. It's not who God is. God is loving God's ways are higher. God's presence is enough. And so maybe you're watching and listening right now and you realize this is the view of God you've held for some time and you want to believe in God? You just can't. you got all kinds of reasons why you can't. We just talked about a lot of them here today. Let me just tell you this. That the only time God is an on-demand God is when you need His forgiveness. That's why He sent Jesus. And if you need God's forgiveness in your life today, you can have it right now. Man, in fact, that part of God... That's always in the man. It's yours if you just cry out to him. And if that's your heart's cry today, if that's what you need, I want to lead you into prayer here in just a minute where you can receive God's forgiveness and power in your life. So here's what I want to do. Whether you're working out, driving, running, listening at home, take a moment and just stop. Take a moment and focus on the heart of God. If you're ready to say yes to Jesus, if you need that forgiveness that God can bring into your life, then I want you to say this prayer in your own words. I'm going to model it for you, but I want you to say it in your own words, okay? Lord, I love you, man. Thank you for who you are and for sending your son for us. God, I, I pray right now that you would forgive me of my sin. I, you're an on-demand God when it comes to forgiveness. And Lord, right now, I need it in my life. Forgive me for my wrongs that I've done. Forgive me for the sin I've committed. Everything I've done that goes against you, Lord, I am so sorry. I need a Savior in my life. I need you to save me. I need you to save me. I need you to make me new, to give me that brand new, fresh start in my life. So I'm giving everything over to you. And now, Lord, that I've done that, God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to submit myself to following you. I, I want you to be Lord of my life. I want to follow you from this day forward. I don't, I don't want to do things my way anymore. I've tried that. I'm over that. Lord, from now on, I want to do things your way. Your ways are higher. Your ways are better. God, I, I'm, I'm serving you. Be Lord of my life here today. Now, Lord, I pray for those who are already Christians, God. I pray for those who, who are already believers. And they might be struggling right now with some of this we talked about here today, with viewing you as being an on-demand God. It gets frustrating and disappointing when we pray and pray and pray, and you don't act. And when we do the right things, and still, we feel gypped. And so, God, I pray that for those believers out there who are struggling with this, you would remind them that, hey, you still love them. 
And that's never going to change. You're a loving God. You still love them. There's nothing they can do that can separate them from the love you have. Like, you know, that also, number two, man, that God, you know, your ways are higher. And so things don't always work out how we think they should, and they don't always work out the way we should. But God, you've got a plan. You're in control. And at the end of the day, Lord, we can be confident that your ways are best for us. And I, I pray we submit to that. And I, I just pray, Lord, too, you would just remind us that your presence is enough. That when we're struggling, when, when we're just pouring our heart out to you and just pouring everything we got out, Lord, remind us that your presence is enough for us. Enough to heal us, enough to forgive us, enough to comfort us, enough to get us through each day. Your presence, Lord, is enough. And I pray for this for, for those out there who are watching and listening here today. God, we love you and thank you for who you are. We give you praise and honor and glory. And in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at media at radiantchurchsc.com or visit one of our social accounts on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you listen to. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day.